This is Grow Your Life with Jason Scott Montoya, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to this episode of Inspirational People. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, and today I get to introduce you to my friend, Todd Michaels. Todd, say hello. Hello, we're... <laughs> Todd is the founder and vision bearer of the 315 Project. He helps people know and share their story wholeheartedly. Um, Todd and I originally met through a mutual friend during a Catalyst conference almost a decade ago, and uh, one that was that was a, a monumental for me um, in my own journey. We stayed connected over the years, and the 315 Project became one of my first freelancing clients, and, um, and we stayed connected since then, and that was in 2014. Um, as the world has changed and we face the crisis we're now in, I witnessed many people sort of lead, stand up, stand in, and fill the gap. You're one of those people that I've watched um, doing your daily LinkedIn videos and sharing some inspirational words of wisdom, music, and other creative uh, insights. So, Todd, tell me about you, your story, how we got here, and what you're doing on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, let's see, I I was in the business world doing internet marketing yeah and at uh, about age 40 which was now about almost 15 years ago 16 years ago i got called to just help people tell their stories um after myself being challenged at north point church to get baptized and uh i didn't think i had a story and they make you film it on yeah video <laughs> and hear it and i don't know just it was something undeniable just uh, this little flack, flack, flux capacitor moment. Where, um, <laughs> Game changer. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has a story. And I think we ought to be helping them at least yeah. have the opportunity to tell it. Yeah. So I started doing that um, about 10 years ago. Started the 315 Project. And uh, really just been trying to be obedient more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So tell me you know, how does that put you on LinkedIn doing these daily videos? What, what is that? And why are you doing that? And what inspired you to, to do that? I mean, you could have just gone, crawled into your hole and closed off the world, but you kind of decided to lean in. <laughs> well, it's ironic you say that because I kind of did crawl into a hole. And uh, I knew that wasn't healthy. And, and I was kind of, it was almost from a point of, God, what, what can I do? Cause I, mm -hmm. I feel like there's so, so much I can't do, yes. which I knew was the enemy, but what mm -hmm. can I do? And he reminded me when, when I gave my life to Christ about 15, 20, almost 20 years ago now, I, I made a prayer. I said, God, I haven't used any of my musical talents in like 10, 12 years. I didn't touch an instrument. And I'm like, you know, if you could provide some ways for me to share those gifts and glorify you, like that would be pretty cool. Yeah. So, kind of like answered prayer. Um, yeah. I just, I just started, it, it, it wasn't really like out of <laughs> complete selflessness. It was pretty selfish. Um, you know, God, I want to feel closer to you. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> singing your praises. I don't feel like being known Yeah. right now, but I just, I just, there's something in me that knew it would be cathartic for me. It would stretch me out of my comfort zone and it would hopefully in some ways um, share and reflect his love yeah. for others. So for those that haven't actually seen them, what, what is it? What, what are these videos you're doing? I just fire up the camera, uh, wake up <laughs> in the morning. It's like, all right, 
it's early in the morning. My voice is very low and very gravelly. And, uh, <laughs> it sound very good at all. But even despite that, how can I, how can I just make what I have available in the morning to, um, to worship God and adore him? So yeah. I just started picking songs that um, I felt that were going to touch my heart. And then I just, mm-hmm. it was really almost like letting people in to my worship time. Mm-hmm. Not to share it with others, essentially. Yeah. 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 Let them partake and, and fellowship. Yeah. So it seems, uh, you know, was a year ago, two years ago, someone might have said, you're, you're, you're doing worship sessions on LinkedIn every day. Like, that sounds bizarre. Like, what's happening here? So how is that being responded to on, on this business platform? It's been really, really good for me to see how rarely, if ever, these videos are shared. Mm-hmm how rarely if ever they're liked or commented on <laughs> but out of left field anecdotally just people messaging me um, emailing me texting me how much it's meaning to them and it's such a good reminder of we have to be willing to decrease so he can increase and if we're tempted to start thinking about the quantitative virality of these things <laughs> doing it for the wrong reason yeah so it's been it's been humbling <laughs> yeah to um to see how little they've been shared but it's also been a loving reminder from our heavenly father like that's, you're not doing them so that they're shared. yeah you're doing it's a, yeah it's auditing your own heart <laughs> yeah and just going through that like you said obedience it's the thing you're doing and you're doing it for that um, drive not because of you know what it does or where it goes well and the interesting tension for me is like as you know i always have no shortage of ideas or projects <laughs> that i'm trying to execute and i'm like why am i spending two and a half you know hours practicing and recording and editing these songs when there's so many other things that i could be doing and i just kind of felt this you know heavenly hug like you know maybe this is exactly just mm-hmm. what i want you to be doing so, yeah do you do you find that it energizes you that it for the day or does it drain you or something else no it doesn't drain me it doesn't drain me it it definitely it i don't know about re-energizing it sustains me how about Mm. that i think that's a good word it's like uh your your daily bread in a way (laughs) yeah I, i feel like um it's my way of if i'm the sheep it's my way of kind of sitting with the shepherd Mm, just to be so on that note i mean we're kind of in this situation where you know we're in the storm we're in that boat you know and and the waves are crashing and and like you mentioned earlier it can be overwhelming because of just what we can see and what's out there and what's happening and the needs and it's like what do i do what can i do so how how can we be looking at this in a wise way or in a helpful way without it crushing us in the same time well, the thing that I've been asking God to show me is because in truthfulness, like I don't know hardly anybody that's been affected. I don't know anyone that's been affected from the health standpoint. I know some mm-hmm. friends that have lost their jobs, but to me, it's almost God, it shouldn't take this virus for us to know that there's so many hurting people that are 
going through valleys of all kinds. It, it didn't, yeah. It's not like it's new in April that people, yeah, <laughs> that crisis that came around. Yeah. So I think you know, probably cliche to say, but just you know, get, getting getting outside ourselves and and resisting that temptation to be self centered, self pity, self preference, self comfort, mm-hmm. self you know, improvement even. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things I've seen on LinkedIn about like, you know, hey, now's the time for you to get better in this area or you to start this or you to start that. And, um, you know, we're very selfish. I'm a very selfish person. And yeah. this has been good for me to um, have the blinders taken off my world and say, okay, there's there's a bigger world going on around me. Mm-hmm. So is there something to, I guess what I'm hearing is, is, this is this the challenges that we're all facing they are not new but there's something about this crisis that gets us to sort of drop our guard and actually see that thing that was actually already there to begin with well for me it it was a sudden disruption in our daily habits of (laughs) analog and digital and yeah meetings and you know to-do lists in in a lot of ways for most of the folks that I know, like we were forced to slow down. We were forced mm. to, in some ways, stop. It was almost like the matrix. Like, where it's like, for yeah. <laughs> moment, everything slowed down. We're like, wow, there's people in my life that are hurting. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, scared. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it, it but I think like when, when we get sick, if you think of the last time you had a bad cold or a flu, it's like, you're knocked out. You're forced to just sit mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And I think we all kind of got that at the same time, which is, you know, certainly in my lifetime historic, I, I don't know in any other time where we've all been like, okay, we have, we all have have we all have the opportunity to reassess and, and take note and be aware of things that if we're mm-hmm. being honest, we're far too busy yeah well and i and i wonder you know if you know there i do like agree with you and you know i've gone through you know a few years ago that the sabbath year that we did and and this feels very similar in the sense that it's like this pause button on we are trying to go a million miles an hour and go so far so fast and more and more and more and now it's like even if you want that you you can't except for maybe a few exceptions but um but it's an interesting dynamic to kind of be forced to to be still (laughs) which is the thing we probably needed we just weren't willing to do it on our own accord (laughs) yeah absolutely so how can we channel that into kind of what you're describing so into this new normal and and how we live and how we work how do we how do we make this a permanent fixture in the way that we live well I can speak personally. I'm realizing um, how much I need to be checked in on, how much I need to know that someone's wondering how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it convicts me that I'm surrounded by people that are also feeling that way. If they're being honest, everyone's like, Oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah. Things are good. Even if they're not, even if they haven't lost a job, <laughs> even if they haven't had yeah. a health scare, that this is an opportunity for us to connect and unify through our brokenness and our woundedness. Uh, but it takes courage, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. Like, there's been times when I've had people dial me and I look at the phone. It's like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a, it's a humbling and embarrassing thing to admit that because sometimes I may not want to talk to them just because I like, Hey, I'm doing something that is bringing me pleasure watching TV or you know, yeah. doing something. But sometimes it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to take my mask off and be real right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, I think we have an opportunity I mean, at any day I can wake up and I say, God, who in my life would you like me to call and check in on mm-hmm. regardless of how I feel, regardless of how I think they'll respond to it, regardless of whether they'll appreciate it or not. Um, and just, you know, be obedient, do that, pray, see what names he puts on your heart, be obedient to it. I've ne- I do that quite a bit and I've never once regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like when it's a hard thing to like anticipate or start, but once you do it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of like past you is doing things that future you will like. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I was, a buddy was asking on LinkedIn, like, what could we do during this time to be an encouragement to our employees? And what I, what I thought was send a pre-recorded, heartfelt video message to someone, like a place of gratitude or encouragement. I said, because I said, if we're being honest, if when you call and interrupt people in a live context, they may feel um, like they have to put a mask on, mm. right? Which in, which doesn't allow them to have any healing whatsoever. But if you can send them a, a pre-recorded video message, they're like, hey, you, you may not want to talk to me or anybody right now. I get that. But I just want you to know, you know, blank, right? Mm. They can watch that when they want to in the an- anonymity of. Mm. I, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess on that note, you know, how how do we help others to embrace these ideas that you're talking about? How do we help teach, inspire, guide others? I mean, it's one thing to do it for ourselves, but but to step in the gap um, and and do it, help others do the same thing. You know, what are your thoughts there? Well, uh, after trying to help thousands <laughs> of people tell their stories, that for the most part we're all lizard brain, like (laughs) humans, people aren't going to do anything unless they realize what's in it for them for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what would be, what would be a motive or an underlying motive for someone want to be, to want to be an encouragement to someone. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's kind of tapping into their woundedness right now. Like their, their fear, their selfishness, their anger. It's like if, if you have a way to uh, disrupt that and diffuse it by doing the anecdote to it. Okay. If you're feeling selfish, right? Like do something selfish and selfless and be grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's a long winded way. It almost seems like there's some like neuro linguistic. <laughs> someone has to be in so much pain that the pain that they're in is great enough that they're willing to do something yeah. out of their comfort zone to be an encouragement to someone else. Yeah. I kind of think of a, like a visual, your house is on fire and it has to be on fire before you leave the house. But there's also another aspect where there's a house across the street that's appealing enough that you want to go to that house instead of yours. So the pain and, and the, the lure, right? <laughs> 
and uh, sometimes that's how God has to 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 uh, move us out of the house. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think there's an opportunity for all of us to be asking, you know, how how is my relationship with God right now? Am I Am I embracing him? Do I feel embraced? Do I feel loved? Or do I feel distant or unconnected? Because mm-hmm. um, we can't we can't give what we don't have. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't pour in and encourage others with the love of Christ if I'm not receiving it. And it's so easy to cut that re- reception off. Yeah, they just turn the channel right. Like, I'm not. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think of like an electric car. I mean, you can plug it in and get a charge and you can go for, you know, maybe a couple hundred miles, but eventually the battery's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that's and that's, that's a good metaphor for, for this <laughs> weird thing. Like, <laughs> you know, Reggie Campbell is like, you know, how, how full is your love tank? Mm-hmm. I always used to ask that. So I think that's a good, that's a good encouragement for any of the listeners right mm-hmm. now. Just if you're being completely honest, right. How full is your own love tank? How much do you feel and know you're loved by the heavenly father? And if it's, if you're feeling like you're running on fumes, or yeah. you need a pit stop, <laughs> stop, man. Rest yeah. Sabbath, right? Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, and so that's, you know, the whole idea of the Sabbath, you know, when I was in my crisis, um, you know, I was struggling in a lot of ways and, and I had, you know, grown up honoring the Sabbath and, and taking it. Um, and then when I moved here and did the business, it's like kind of, you know, you work one Sunday and then one Sunday becomes two Sundays and then it's every Sunday, you know, and, um, I had a friend who said, are you still taking your Sabbath? And I was like, no, actually I'm not. I stopped doing that. And he's like, that's, that's like the stake in the ground. That's the starting point to go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to, um, do a little less and trust God to do more. And, um, and it's like a domino effect that everything else starts to, to, to unfold from that moment, um, in other parts of our life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every, every time without exception, I look back on my life when I've slowed down and done less, that's when I've always experienced breakthrough and revelation without it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about stories. You're the storytelling master, um, the the guru of story. Um, you've learned a few things at least, um, but they shape us. Narratives shape how we see the world, and the creature. You know, we just love to consume stories, whether it's movies or whatever, um, fiction, nonfiction. So, what are some? What's a story? What are some stories that have shaped you? That have defined who you are and shaped the way that you see the world and inspired you. And, changed you boy (laughs) dances with wolves is definitely a story that i keep coming back to braveheart yeah kid (laughs) Uh, you know star wars i'm just a sucker for the hero's journey i guess yeah (laughs) i mean i guess at the end of the day we're just not that complex it's complicated and miraculous as our brains are apparently they're pretty formulaic a little Mm. bit but uh i i can definitely relate with with the person that feels under equipped yeah (laughs) qualified to rise to the challenge uh 
and I think we're all deep down are looking for that guide. And, and I think that's one of the beauties of the Christian walk. Mm-hmm. Right? What, yeah. what better guide than, than Jesus and the good shepherd. Yeah. To help us through that journey. Yeah. Tell me, tell me more about the stories that, that you, that you um, steward, that you collect, that you share. Well, it's funny, like, and you know, as, as much as anybody, the 315 project at the end of the day, the evidence is these stories, these narratives mm-hmm. that are um, collected. Um, but the heart of the ministry is really just helping Christians slow down and sometimes for the first time recognize and realize that they do actually have a story um, mm-hmm. worth telling that their story brings life, that their story brings restoration and healing, not just to themselves, but those that God would choose to hear it. Yeah. And so the more I do the ministry, it drifts further from the actual story art, you know, the art of the story, the, and really more into almost like the spiritual counseling aspects mm. of, um, spiritually directing someone to get from the point where they're like, I don't have a story. No one wants to hear my story. I don't feel like telling my story to um, what if we could walk with you and point you to Jesus and remind you of truths that would say, well, okay, I do have a story, but I still don't yeah. want to tell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what, what's, what's going on there? Why are, why are people saying they either don't have one or it's not worth sharing, or if it is worth sharing, they don't want to do it. Uh, it's a great question and it comes down to fear or pride. Those one of those mm-hmm. two things and fear is easier to admit and acknowledge and see in yourself. Um, and then pride is cause pride mm-hmm. has, um, false humility wrapped up in there. Yeah. Um, what I've, what I've come to see is, as I, there's a heart aspect to the ministry where I'm like, it's, it's strictly heart. Right. And then there's, there's kind of an analytical, yeah, psychological thing and I take fear and pride and I, I turn it into what is it that someone's trying to hold on to that they're afraid of losing mm-hmm. which would be the fear that's causing them not to want to share their story and then what would someone perhaps be trying to prove to themselves or, or others that would keep them from telling their story which would be uh, pride mm-hmm. and why is the pride so difficult to to see in ourselves? That's a great question. <laughs> preached on that several times. Um, it, it just comes into a lot of different insidious dimensions and flavors and, and degrees. Like I said, like the easiest one is pride versus false humility. Yeah. I, I, one of the interesting things, I'm, I'm a student of this, like no one, I've had to learn everything through osmosis and yeah. alchemy. So <laughs> I did a Google search, like what's the difference between pride, humility, and false humility. Mm-hmm. And I found some matrixes that were very, very um, eye-opening. Because mm-hmm. eye-opening because, oh, yes, I see these things in myself. I see these things in those that are closest to me that I know. And um, for anyone that's willing and courageous enough to, to kind of assess themselves into how much we, um, how, how deeply 
imprisoned we are by our own pride. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not hard to find the examples that you might, I never thought of that before, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, I, I've been thinking, you know, that the idea of pride and humility, I think we are in a situation where we are being humbled um, and we can choose to sort of embrace that or not. Um, but I, I re- recently watched, re- re- re-watched, um, speaking of stories, uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War. And so Thanos comes and he just, he just starts taking out the heroes one after the next. And they're pretty much helpless, you know. <laughs> and they're all, you know, you kind of see that, that tension of dealing with one's pride and, and, the, and, and being humbled, not because you have chosen to, but because of somebody's more powerful than me. <laughs> so it's been an interest, it's, you know, just an interesting dynamic that's unfolding right now. Yeah, we, we watched that as well last week. <laughs> and I think the, the word that I would use, having you said that, would be, it would, it's interesting to see the hopelessness that was coming across these um, characters that yeah. were very prideful and boastful, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, I'm better yeah. than you. And they were, um, yeah, ho- hopelessness can make us feel small and humble with you, which is good <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, if it's, you know, for the purposes of at the same time, it realizes and teaches how, how awesome and God, God is and how big. Yeah. And I, I think you have to have that tether because without it, it's, it's, um, the despair is seems like the only, the only other option despair or that there is uh, a, a more powerful being than even, I can imagine. Um, and that being cares about me, I guess, versus believing it was apathetic or whatnot. So. Well, it's, and despair is an interesting word too. I'm, I'm reading a lot on spirituality, spirituality and psychology and stuff. And, and the, they're pointing like, you know, it's in, it's in those times when we do really truly like, recognize our despair. Mm-hmm. That is when um, God's going to be able to do his most. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing work in us. And for me, the beauty there is that, wow, I can be completely broken, go completely the wrong way, mess everything up, just fail across the board. And yet God still pursues me. He still loves me. Like there's nowhere I couldn't go that I, I have to be afraid because I know he's going to, he's as the sheep and the shepherd, he's going to find me wherever I wander off to, no matter how bad the place is. Yeah, you as you were saying that, I was picturing the <laughs> lifeguard, right? When, uh-huh. when, we're, when we've reached the point of despair as, as swimmers, when we quit flailing about, we're like, I'm done. That's that's at the moment that God can come in and, and save mm. us, redeem us, restore us. Yeah. Yeah. To let go. And that's the letting go, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I struggle with that too, that, that, tension between striving and abiding yeah right we are we are in such a time where it's almost like the the harder you strive the more you produce the harder you work it's like this badge of honor like go out there and do your side hustle <laughs> yeah. be a solopreneur or whatever but it's it's um it's like the antithesis of what i want to be experiencing and being equipped to do which is like God, will you show me how to abide deeper and deeper and trust that you will produce the fruit 
mm-hmm. and then I'm only to bear it. And, and, and yeah, that he's the one that we trust for the outcome. Yeah. yeah. Anything else on stories? I mean, how, how do you think stories can help us through this situation we're in? Do you think Boy, it, that's what I'm, I'm continuing to learn. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I'm reading, you know, these little nuggets that it's, you know, proven scientific fact that <laughs> story it is like the stories have the narrative of a story has some psychological, physiological mm-hmm. way of making it possible for our brains to put ourselves in someone yeah. else's story. So that, that would be like if Almost, one yeah. thing I could just encourage anyone. It's like, if you're wondering what you could do to encourage someone else, you have no idea what could happen if you shared your story with someone else, you know, and by asking someone else, like, what's your story? It, there's, it's healing and restorative both for the storyteller and the story listener. Yeah. And very often we're very rarely are we invited or encouraged by those that lead us to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think, um, you know, I, I'm trying to, uh, as an example, just a recent one, um, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, you know, the White House press conferences, Dr. Burks, she shared the story of, I think it was her mom or her grandmother um, who was alive, was just a young child during the Spanish flu. And she brought home that to her, to her mom and her mom caught it and died. And she lived with that story for the rest of her life and that burden and, and her sharing that story, like I could relate, you know, that's like my kids, you know, I've got five of them. Imagine if, if that was them and it has a very visceral way of kind of connecting to it. I think of an X-Men, you know, they have the danger room, you know, they go into the simulation to kind of experience something and then they learn and grow and train. And that's kind of, I think stories can kind of be that for us. Well, is as you were talking about Dr. Burke's story and I was watching your face, like your body language as you talked about it, it's like, wow, like stories help us remind us that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, what, <laughs> that's power right there. Power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So let's, what about systems? You know, systems are another way we live in systems. They, I think we sort of lean, think that sort of somebody rules the world or somebody sort of controls everything in the sense that the president is in, responsible for every single thing that happens in our country. But we really, we live in these complex systems that integrate and, and um, intersect. You know, what do you think about systems and how do you, how do you look at them? How do you use them? How do you participate in them? Interesting question. <laughs> I despise system personally <laughs> and you know me enough to know why i might say that but i despise them in the following way they're like they're like the life they're like the life jacket that my uncle tells me i have to wear if i want to get on the boat uh-huh. but i don't want to wear the life jacket <laughs> this, this is uncomfortable i hate this it's hot i'm sticky like i just want to have fun <laughs> But you must like the system of the motor that runs the boat, right? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the system. systems. Yeah. I respect systems. I know, especially, you know, you're big on, like, systems bring clarity where there's chaos, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
But if I'm being completely honest for whatever immature broken reason, <laughs> the sick part of my brain that thrives on chaos. It's it's a I'm I self-medicate on chaos. Yeah. It's um is it a is it a, a way to is it to hide is it a hiding mechanism or something else? It is. No, I chaos for me is like the equivalent of going to a all you can eat high carb, high fat buffet. <laughs> Right. Oh, this is comfortable. It all tastes good. I could, I could eat a bunch of this and fall asleep happy. Yeah. Right? And systems is like, oh, you know, we have this really nutritious portion controlled salad bar over there, yeah. but there's some guy that's going to tell you precisely what to put on it. And you're not going to feel good in the short term. You're just going to want to keep looking over at the camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really just, and you know this, you know me a long time. It's just really my stubbornness and my immaturity to really be content in the chaos instead of mm. leaning into the discomfort of um, getting the clarity through systems. Well, I, I would say that systems can become tyrannical. And in those times, chaos is how you, you push back on the system, right? So I think it's a bit neutral in some senses that it can be a good thing or a bad thing. A system inherently isn't necessarily one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the, the conductor, right? The, the symphony, the, you listen to Beethoven's ninth or Mozart's record. <laughs> like what, what a great example of systems harnessing what otherwise could just be mass chaos. Mm. And um, there's musicians in there that I'm sure are more wired like me, where they're more improvisational, they're more emotional feeling than thought analytical. But without that system, you know, you're, you're not going to get that art and that, mm. that orchestration. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's something that you can appreciate. So, what is it that when you describe that that you you rebel against? That would be a longer <laughs> I have to sit on, on several psychologists. I'm telling you. But I can, it's deep rooted. It's deep rooted in 40 years of being undiagnosed with not, not knowing that I had ADD, a lot of shame and guilt from not being able to stick with and follow systems. Um, so it almost sounds like you've been a victim the victim of systems in the sense that they've systems have been used to hurt you. Um, yeah. I mean, the, without having a expert basis for saying it, like, I think, I think the traditional academic educational scoring and testing system was really, really wounding for my personality, my, my ADD yeah. type growing up where I was, um, I was constantly labeled, and told that you're an, you're an underachieving, lazy person, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that's kind of where I started rebelling against the systems. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I, if I. If Does I that, that almost become like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way? Like, it's like, I'm going to prove you wrong by proving you right. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was more rebellious. It, I, I hear, okay. um, I heard, I heard a couple of Ted talks on this, like, you know, with the education system, but it was like, look, I'm not lazy because I excel in drama. I excel in music. I excel in sports. You know, 
I'm not an underachiever because I'm at the top percentile wise yeah. in certain skills and attributes, but by your measures of success, mm. by your measures of conformity. Someone's putting their standard on you when it's not the appropriate one to put on you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just, you know, the, the systems that say, you know, we're going to take all these kids, you know, from w- vastly different um, skill levels and things. We're going to each have them go through these 12 chapters and take these three quizzes and these two, two pop quizzes and this, you know, it's just with, without, I just want to stress without properly diagnosing or making accommodations in 1984, <laughs> for a guy with massive ADHD, they didn't know, you know, it's, it's still widely contested. Drives me nuts. I'll see sometimes on Facebook, somebody will say, you know, ADHD is just a label we're throwing on these kids. I could tell you, man, it's, it's mm-hmm. it is very, 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 very real. And I can tell you that um, if, for those that are listening that are thinking that and they have kids that they suspect may have it, like you're literally telling your kids to run faster around a track with a torn ACL. Like mm. you don't understand it unless you've had it or, yeah. you know, yeah, very, very dangerous. Yeah. It's interesting the way you describe your, your uh, conflict with systems. It makes me think of the matrix films because it's, he's essentially fighting the system um, only to find out that, He's just playing a part in this larger system, um, which is really an interesting, you know, dimension to that. Mm-hmm. So life, it's hard, it's challenging, it can be unfair, but it's also moments of joy and prosperity. As we navigate the situation, how do we navigate life, our work, you know, what are your, your final words of, what do you, some final words of wisdom to, to guide and inspire us? Hey, th- thanks for having me. This has been cathartic. <laughs> I think my hope is that we would all take advantage of the moment by moment opportunities in every moment to just see the miracles and the nature of God, whether it be in the wind blowing through the trees or the, the breath in our lungs, yeah. the sun rising, the the smile on our kids' face, the tears on our kids' faces. Um, this is a incredible opportunity for, for us to get reconnected to our creator mm-hmm. and to our brothers and sisters. Um, and it's easy. I'll be the first one to say, man, it'd be so much easier to just pull the shades down and binge watch. But I don't want to, I don't want to look, when this is all said and done, is, is how can I steward this opportunity, <laughs> mm. right? So. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the parable of the talents comes to mind, you know, what we've been given and what we do with it. And um, some of us might think we've been given, dealt a really terrible hand, but perhaps that's our opportunity. Absolutely. There's a, I, we can, hopefully we can all find someone <laughs> worse than we do. And uh, I don't know, I just, my, I think the wisdom would be if you're be honest, let, let your heart, it's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be worn mm-hmm. out. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be uncertain. These are all incredible opportunities to just be quiet and say, God, would you speak to my heart? Would yeah. you know, you know what I'm going through and I invite you in 
to my life? You know, and it's like, is that a salvation altar prayer? <laughs> well, maybe for some listener it is, but I think we, we all could benefit from just, you know, every morning, right? God, I am nothing without you. I need you. Mm-hmm. Would you come in today and yeah. me, give me strength? Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of the story of Job. You know, it, 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 Job you know, goes through his whole journey and then God shows up and he doesn't answer any of his questions. He just says, who do you think you are? <laughs> and Job comes back and says, I thought I knew you. Now I really do. And none of my, really, none of the questions I asked or none of the answers to those questions even matter because you are what matter. <laughs> yeah. It's a really powerful moment in the story. You are, you are an inspiration to me and a lot of other folks. And I hope you know that. And I thank you for uh, letting me share with you. Yeah. Today. Well, thank you. Uh, how can people connect with you? You're on LinkedIn. Obviously I'll put a link to that. What else, um, what else is out there? What are you working on? What do you got going on? What are the websites? I put up a simple website at my name, toddmichaels.com. And that's where um, you can find out, you know, a little bit about me and the different projects and ministries that I'm working on and with. Okay. And, um, and then how, I guess people, they can just follow you on LinkedIn and they can start to watch what you're doing with these videos. Yeah. I'm on Facebook a lot. And okay. Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like I'm, I'm, I'm off of Instagram. I'm not off, but I don't, I'm not using Instagram. I'm not using Twitter. Okay. And I don't know why it's not like out of just like, too much, too much. To <laughs> you kind of have to pick. I, I tend to like Twitter the most, but um, um, I do post on Instagram. I just don't really ever look at the feed. Um, oh, but I, I want to ask you something. Yeah, you're the perfect guy. So I I, I look at um, I want to know maybe this is for a different call, but I want to know what you think goes on with, in our hearts and our human psyche when we choose not to share someone else's content let me be more specific we like somebody's content Uh but we don't share it what what's happening in the human heart well i so i may be the wrong person to ask that because i'm a chronic sharer (laughs) so i'll i'll share a link to a podcast to a page to whatever link so i'm sharing a lot but a lot of it speak uh, the way the what i would describe for myself is i find something that's valuable to me and then I want to share it with somebody else. And that's like part of my love language, I guess, in a way, you know, but it does take an extra step. So I'll give you a kind of a really small example that I started doing. Um, sometimes I'll hear, I'll be listening to my Pandora and it mm-hmm. cycles through songs and sometimes it'll suggest ones. But anyways, I'll hear a song that either reminds me of someone or an experience that someone was in. And I have a moment, Right. And I would just have that moment. But what I started to do is go, well, why don't I share this with that person? Like grab this, the, find a song on YouTube and then share it with that person. Hey, I was thinking about you when I heard the song today. And so it's, it's something that takes a little bit extra effort. I found a way to kind of make it easy. But um, so that's one dynamic. I do know, practically speaking, um, when you share something, um, it's you're being vulnerable because you don't know how they're going to respond or if they will. Um, you, we don't know 
Um, if it's sometimes you can share something. I remember I've shared, I shared something with a, with a family member that I, that I wanted to share like as a helpful thing to that person. And they, they were offended that I shared it with them. Uh, so you have the dynamic of the negative that can come with it. So it's like, well, it's not worth the risk. I just won't do it. Um, there's also, uh, just in terms of content marketing, um, uh, there's a there's a actually a trend. The length of an article, it, the longer it is, it, it has to kind of meet a threshold of I don't know what it. I think like an ideal length is like around a thousand words or something. And after you get that length, and then you start to get longer, like two thousand, three thousand, four thousand words, then it, there's more investment in the thing, mm-hmm. so it feels more worthwhile to share that thing. So if I read a Seth Godin post, it's like four sentences and it's really good. There's something psychologically that's like, well, it's, it's so short. It's like, is that really worth sharing? You know? So that's one kind of, a, those are several thoughts. Um, I also think, yeah, I mean that cult idea you mentioned earlier about giving what you, what you have. Um, sometimes someone can only consume. There's not enough to consume and then, and then pay it forward. And so that may be another dynamic as well. I don't know what, what comes to mind when I say all that rambling, all those ramblings. No, that's good, man. It, it's, I think the thing that has me looking at it, the lens I'm looking at through is like somebody shares a scripture verse on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And you'll have not, this isn't mine. Like you have 232 people or something like it. Yeah. Right. But then there's like two shares, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, are all these people just, raising their hand to be include oh yeah i'm christian I, i'll i'm uh, like a signal um what is it called um, virtue signaling <laughs> amen yeah. right yeah but apparently not enough to to, to go from this thumb like thing to this <laughs> yeah. two centimeters over to a share yeah i think what it would be fascinating to me is the correlation between those folks that don't share that scripture that they liked and their disclosure of their faith within their LinkedIn channel or their LinkedIn profile. Right? Yeah. I, I want to say amen to that scripture, but I don't want to cross that line and share it so that my platform thinks that I am also. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there's some of that kind of narcissistic uh, tendencies in there. <laughs> um, virtue signaling. Um, I think there might be a lot of it. that's just practically, I don't know if lazy would be the right word, but it's just, or busy. Um, it's just, it's an extra effort. Like you can hit like without like changing it. You're kind of just already moving, right. but the share, you got to hit it. And then if you want to do a comment, you can add that. And then it goes, in your, yeah, it's just a little bit harder. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's, I think it's worth while to do that. And, um, and yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Maybe there's some research out there that we could explore. So <laughs> Yeah. Another day, another day. Anything else you want to share that we didn't get to or missed? Uh, anyone listening, I mean, I just I can't uh, encourage you guys enough to lean into Jason's idema. <laughs> is like gold. It's like wisdom. Uh, check it out, man. I guarantee you, there's someone in your life that will thank you for sharing the idema paradigm yeah. with you. Yeah. Thank you, and and perhaps a system could help people more effectively share things. <laughs> yeah, that, 
I'll close with this. Chaos allows me to escape whether I'm afraid of failure or success. Because either way, I'm probably not going to. Oh, okay. But clarity and systems will bring one of those two to manifestation, and that scares me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. This is a risk, right? Interesting. Yeah. Love you, well, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. Thanks a lot. For additional stories and systems to work smarter and live better, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to having you listen in to the next episode of Grow Your Life.